Hallelujah. Let's love him all across this house. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful you serve a good God? His love endures forever. His mercies are new every morning. Let's worship him for that. We love you, Jesus. We glorify you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. Let's magnify him for a few moments. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. We say thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this house here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here tonight. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and beginning in verse number 1. Amen. want to make a, a couple announcements as you turn in there. Uh, first, I want to let us know that uh, th at the end of the month, we're going to be having revival, as was announced already, with evangelist Tyler Harris from San Jose, California. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great time. But if you need an extra reason to show up to church on that final Sunday of the month, our Super Sunday service, we will be serving carne asada. And uh, it's going to be some good food in the house of the Lord, completely free. So we want you to come, invite somebody. If you can't get them to come to church for any other reason, tell them there's going to be some good food. Uh, it's going to be cooked fresh, and, uh, and, and we'll get them in the house of the Lord one way or another. And uh, pray God blesses them not only in their body but in their spirit in Jesus' name. And uh, nothing like good food bringing people together and worshiping the Lord. And then also... Uh, going to make another announcement on Sunday, uh, but I do want to announce, be proud to announce to the church that we are now the proud owners of a 15-passenger <laughs> church fan. Amen. Now, I'll tell the rest of it on Sunday, but uh, suffice it to say, we've been looking for a long time. 2020 hit, and let me tell you, you couldn't find a home you could barely find gasoline for your car, especially right about now. And so uh, it has been a challenge And uh, during that time looking for it. And as a church, we, we didn't want to take up any special offerings for it. We just wanted to uh, show up with it. We wanted to take from the faithfulness what, what God's people have been given and just start setting aside for it. So that's what we've been doing. It's one of those, uh, that's how we, we, we live by faith is we just, we just start operating in faithfulness. And so we, we started setting that aside for the last little bit and saying, God, when you open the door, we're going to be ready for it. And so we started doing that, getting ready and preparing, and then trying to find one has been near impossible. And every single one that I've looked at or tried to look for has been selling for about $10,000 over book. Hey, that's, that's called inflation. Free money's not free. And uh, it was just this last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was looking at one, and it just wasn't what we wanted, wasn't what we were looking for. And they were trying to charge us way too much. And I said, you know what? No, we're not going to go that direction. It's not. It's not worth it. We're not going to pay over, over that. And so I just kind of, I just kind of walked away. And you know, it's kind of a little disappointing to have to walk away from something that you think might work out. And uh, I was in Omaha, and I got a text early in the morning, two or three in the morning. Uh, somebody said, "I, you know, Pastor, I was praying, and, and the and the Holy Ghost told me to get online, and uh, to look up a van." And uh, I haven't made a public notice. I haven't really told a whole lot of people about it. And uh, and sure enough, I called the next day, and uh, this person said, it's available, but I have about, you know, 10 or 15 try people trying to look at it. So I sent uh, Elder Worley and uh, Brother Barber over there as quick as possible to go look at it. They went, and they said, Pastor, it's like brand new off the lot. 
it was three years newer than the one I was looking at, and uh, it was $10,000 less than any other van they've been selling at that year. And if that doesn't make it enough, amen, somebody came to me and said, uh, Pastor, we want to make a donation towards this. We don't, uh, we, we didn't, they didn't know it was getting ready to look and buy one. Uh, and uh, they helped completely, uh, you know, they helped cover the cost on that. And so it, sa it helped save the church a lot of money there as well. And so I think we ought to give God praise. I think we ought to give God praise all across this house. God is faithful. Amen. God knows how to open doors and make a way. Hallelujah. And uh, we're looking forward to it, taking the men down there in that. That's just to get it started. And then we're going to get it wrapped, make it look nice, and start picking people up for church. Amen. Praise God. And so that's just a couple exciting things that are happening. And uh, we're looking forward to many things. And I told somebody this, and maybe I'll preach on it. But the moment you start breaking through is in the physical. If I start breaking through one of these walls, at first it's very difficult. Very challenging, right? But the moment you start breaking through a brick wall, one brick out of the way, it slowly, not very much, but it starts losing structural integrity. And a little more, and it loses a little more integrity, and a little more, and a little more, and a little more. And every breakthrough gets a little bit easier. Church, we had wonderful prayer at our first weekly prayer meeting last night. And I feel the momentum of the Holy Ghost in this house here tonight. How about you? We are pressing forward, and we are breaking through, and God is helping us to break through and keep breaking through and keep breaking through and keep breaking through, and we are going to see the dividends of every single one of those breakthroughs in the house of the Lord. There's going to be souls saved. There's going to be people, amen, restored and brought back to life in the presence of the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to lift up our hands and magnify the Lord for a moment. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We give you great praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. We thank you for the breakthroughs that have been happening. And God, I thank you for every breakthrough that's going to follow this, God. Hallelujah, Lord, continue to bless your church and bless your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Suffice it to say, God's moving, revival's happening, and exciting things are going on in the church, and I want to be a part of it. How about you? Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord says this, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. 
And I want to focus in back on verse number three tonight. And for the next uh, several times that I get up behind this pulpit on Wednesday night, we're going to go through this, Matthew chapter five. But I want to focus back in on verse number three. Verse number three says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I want to teach to us tonight on this subject. Blessed are the reliant. Blessed are the reliant. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray. All across this house, hallelujah. And let's, let's, let's continue what we feel in the Holy Ghost and pray that God would speak to us. Hallelujah. God, anoint me to minister and to talk and to teach and to preach, God, what you have laid on my heart. God, I pray because we want to be blessed. We want to be favored. We want the glory of God to continue to move in our houses and in our church. Hallelujah. In our families, God, and we're praying, Lord, that you'd help us to, to metabolize this here tonight and make it part of who we are, God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Blessed are the reliant. This passage of Scripture that we are beginning to read here tonight is the most famous sermon in the entire Bible. In fact, probably the most famous sermon in the entire world or in history. We find that Jesus goes up the mountain and he's teaching those that followed him up the mountain. I think it's important to note that uh, Jesus was not trying to get away from people. Amen. There was a time when Jesus would depart into a solitary place to pray. And it was there in those times of prayer, he really was trying to get away from people. But he's not trying to get away from people when it comes to teaching the Word of God, when it comes to preaching and to ministering. In fact, what he is doing is something that's quite important for us to learn as Christians. Jesus is going up to a high place, to a, uh, a secluded place. And not everybody is going to follow Jesus up that mountain. Amen. Not everybody is going to put in the effort to follow Jesus into the desert, up into the mountain, by the seaside. Amen. There's some people that if Jesus comes by Jerusalem, they've got some palm leaves in their hand, and they're going to say, Blessed be the Lord. Amen. They're going to praise God and they're going to worship because he came by their city. It was convenient for them. Uh, but but you'll find that Jesus, he had a way of, of encouraging people, amen, and really siphoning through those that were really hungry. There were times when Jesus would go to the masses, but then there were times like this when Jesus would go and he wanted to know who really wants to be taught. Who really wants to learn? Who really wants to get a hold of the kingdom of God? Amen. I've taught enough Bible studies to tell you that every time that you, uh, if you are always going to them, uh, that Bible study doesn't usually end out very well. <laughs> if you don't have any bit of a pull 
amen, that requires some activity on their part, amen. Uh, typically, that Bible study is very one-sided. It's a give me, give me, give me, let me receive, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't really end well, amen. I've just taught enough of them to tell you that's how it works. But whenever there's a little bit of a call and a response, amen, that there is a call put out there and there is a requirement on the, on the learner, amen, to take a few steps forward, amen, to make a declaration, amen. This is why it's so important that you have come to the house of God on a Wednesday night. It's not a convenient time, amen. Many have come and they worked all day, they worked all week, amen. Some barely got off work to get here, amen. But I want to tell you, you're going to be blessed here tonight. Man, not everybody wants to go up the mountain with Jesus, but we must be willing to leave behind creature comforts and exert ourselves for the sake and the opportunity of hearing the word of God, uh, for the sake and the opportunity of growing in God to receive revelation. Amen. We've got to be willing to go and follow Jesus wherever he might be teaching you. And everybody said amen. These teachings were not just, amen, in the street corners. Amen. Jesus was teaching these things, and he was preaching his greatest sermon. And I want to tell you where that greatest sermon came from. It came on a mountaintop. It came uh, for the people that were hungry for it. Amen. The, the greatest sermons and the greatest church services that you and I have ever been a part of or ever will be a part of is when hungry people congregate. It's when people have put in the effort and the exertion and they've said, we want to get a hold of God. That's where the greatest revelations come from. Amen. It's when people are coming with that intention of growing. These teachings became known as the Beatitudes, which, uh, which can mean uh, supreme happiness, heavenly joy, divine rapture. But it can also be understood as giving the believer the attitudes in which they should be, the attitudes, amen, which we should adopt. Uh, Jesus set forth both the nature and the aspirations of the children and the citizens of the kingdom of God. They have and are learning to have these character traits. This year, we're talking about the year of favor. And I want to tell you, every one of these opens up with blessed or blessed. Amen. That's an act of favor. And if you and I want to have the favor of God working in our lives and live in that place of supreme happiness or heavenly joy or divine rapture, we've got to be willing to adopt these character traits. Amen. In all of these, Jesus is dealing with the internal character of man. He is showing us the blessed way to live or the blessed life. Does anybody here tonight want to have a blessed life? I hope everybody does. Anybody want to have a favored life? I hope you came tonight because you want to be blessed, you want to be favored. Then this passage here is for you. I want to take my time here tonight to define out what I believe Jesus is saying in verse number 3 when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of heaven is theirs, their possession. Amen. In each of these verses, it seems almost backwards, oxymoronic, if you will, contradictory, because when you read these sentences, uh, you don't feel very blessed. <laughs> Uh, how is one that is poor blessed? But furthermore, 
How is one or how can one that is poor own a possession as wealthy and as valuable as the kingdom of heaven? First, I want you to notice what it is not saying. Jesus is not saying, and it does not say in the text, blessed are the physically poor. I want to help us understand this because the, the, there is a world out there that wants to make poverty pious. Amen. Jesus would put it this way, that you will have the poor with you always. He doesn't look down on the poor. In fact, the Bible has many things to say that if we will take care of the poor, God will take care of us. There's many of those wonderful things there. But I want to help us to understand Jesus is not talking about the physically poor and calling that a blessing. Amen. In fact, when God blesses you, he doesn't bless you in reverse. Amen. It's not a blessing if God starts taking money out of your bank account. <laughs> That's not a blessing. Nobody would say, well, I'm blessed. Blessed are the poor. Uh, nobody would say, well, I just lost my house. Blessed are the poor. Uh, there's many that would misinterpret this, but that's not even what it says in its physical context. Amen. It's what Jesus is not saying is he's not exalting poverty as the most blessed way to live. Amen. Because anybody that's ever lived a, uh, below, amen, a certain li lifestyle or not had or had to go without food or some physical needs, you know, that's not a very blessed way to live. It's not a very fun way to live, it certainly isn't a, a supreme happiness. Amen. Uh, some people say money uh, doesn't buy happiness, but it does sure help. Amen. Uh, so let's, let's make sure we understand Jesus is not saying blessed are the physically poor. Uh, he is clarifying in each and every one of these subjects that he is talking uh, about uh, in a way that they would understand. He's talking about the spiritually poor or poverty of spirit. He is clarifying that he's using the subject of poverty. And all the people of that day would understand what it meant. And he is relating it to the spiritual nature and to the internal nature of man. Taking this in the right context, uh, and I want to help you understand here today. Please understand me. Uh, don't, don't take me out of context here tonight. I am not demeaning anyone for their socioeconomic status. But here in America, we don't really have poverty. I know that there's some, uh, some people in politics would like you to think that way, uh, that there's a 1%, everybody else is poor. But I want to help you here today that if you are living in the United States of America, our poorest person would be considered wealthy in most of the world. Most of the wealth is held right here in the United States of America. In America, we are, we, if we are poor, we still have options. We have programs. We have philanthropy. We have the government. Hallelujah. I know that, that some people just got quiet. It's all right. If you have need, that's why you live in America. Take hold of the programs that are available to you. Amen. And pray God would bless you and help you get up out of there. Amen. Uh, so I'm not demeaning anybody for their social economic status, but, but I want to help us understand from a biblical context and a biblical worldview that Jesus is not talking about American poverty. Amen. Around the world and in biblical times, to be poor was almost a death sentence. Without money, you did not eat. In fact, the Bible would declare it this way. If a man doesn't work, he should not eat. Amen. In order, if you were poor in Bible days, you had to rely upon the generosity of others and the providence of God. 
There was no social programs. There were no food stamps. There was no rent assistance. If you did not have, if you lacked, uh, there was no job core. There was no work source. Uh, amen. There was no handouts from anybody. Uh, you had to rely upon God, and you had to rely upon the generosity of others. So when Jesus starts talking about the poor or the poverty, amen, they know what he's saying. He's not talking about American poverty. He's talking about a poverty that meant uh, you might not make it another week uh, because you won't have food to eat, uh, water to drink. Uh, you may not have, amen, the means to make it in this world. Jesus is using this common understanding that everybody would understand, uh, amen, to help them see the internal blessing that comes when somebody is poor in spirit. They're thinking to themselves, how is anybody that's poor, according to the way we see poverty, a blessed individual? But Jesus is letting them know that if you are poor in spirit, uh, you are blessed. Jesus is referring to somebody who is dead broke, amen, let's understand it from our context, cannot pay the bills, cannot buy the food, cannot supply the needs, uh, and we're not talking about the physical, we're talking about spiritually. Uh, they have no currency to make it happen, no programs to make it happen, nobody else to make it happen. They lack, uh, they are in debt, uh, they are poor in their spirit. The poor in spirit recognize that they do not have any spiritual assets in which they can lean upon. They know that they are spiritually bankrupt. We might say that the ancient Greeks, and as I've studied the ancient Greeks, had a couple words for poor. There was a word for the working poor. And there was a word for the truly poor. And Jesus used the word for the truly poor here. He is indicating somebody who has no other way of supplying their needs. Somebody who has no other way to survive. Somebody who has no other way, amen, to make it one more day in this life. It indicates somebody who must beg, borrow, or steal for everything that they have or everything that they get. I'm going to help us understand how that's a blessing for us here tonight. And then Jesus says, be like this, because that person's blessed. We don't think of poverty as being a blessing in the natural, but Jesus is flipping it on its head and saying, being poor in spirit is a great blessing in your life. Jesus is not saying, blessed are the carnal in their spirit. <laughs> Let's understand that here today. He is not advocating for people to be unspiritual. That is not what he's advocating. How is this a blessing, Jesus? Because when you make yourself poor in spirit, you are removing the self-reliance, amen, to make things happen. When you remove the self-reliance, you are no longer making yourself solely, amen, the supplier. You are now solely dependent upon God and divine providence. When you are poor in spirit, you don't have anything to make it make it forward or to make it through when you are poor in spirit I'll tell you where the blessing comes from you look to heaven and say God uh, I am broke I don't have it uh, and I need you to supply it 
Amen. Let me help you understand that here today. We see the opposite of this in Revelations 3 and 17. When they said Jesus is rebuking the church of Laodicea. And he says, because you have said I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. You don't even know that you are wretched. You are miserable. You are poor. You are blind. And you are naked. They had this idea that spiritually speaking, they had it all together. In fact, they had a savings account in the spirit uh, and they no longer had to pray they no longer had to seek God uh, they no longer had to go to church uh, they no longer had to read the Bible uh, amen because they had enough stored up uh, amen for years and decades to come uh, in other words they were resting upon their laurels uh, they were saying well we've been Christians long enough uh, we now have tenure in the kingdom uh, and now we've got enough stored up uh, amen where we can spiritually retire uh, and God rebukes them for claiming to be rich in spirit because the true understanding is this all of us are poor in spirit but not everybody recognizes it and if you recognize that you are in fact poor in spirit there's a blessing there for you because you no longer rely on yourself you don't rely on your tenure you don't rely on your good deeds your good works or everything you've been up until today every day I wake up I still need God every moment I get up I still need divine providence everywhere I go everything I involve myself in I don't have a spiritual credit card I need God to supply all my needs somebody ought to give God praise here today come on let's love him Amen. Let me help us understand the blessing is not just in being poor in spirit. The blessing is in understanding we're all poor in spirit. We are all poor in spirit, but not all of us admit it or live like it. I want to let you know in the physical, if I don't have the money, I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, when I don't have the money in the spiritual bank, I don't cash the check. But there's many people that live opposite. They live for God like they're on credit. They just swipe and swipe and swipe without recognizing their condition, and it leaves them spiritually broken and not blessed. It leaves them without. It leaves them in debt, and they keep going, well, I'll, I'll pay the bill one day. There will be money in there. They start living, and I'm not talking about the good kind of faith. They start operating, amen, in the faith that I've got enough stored up that I won't need God for a while. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to be careful, church. We're living in a world that has got it figured out. We, we're living in a church world that's learned how to live for God without God. Hallelujah. I'll help you understand that, what I'm saying. Uh, amen. We've got an entire apostolic culture, amen, that goes, they, they hop from conference to conference, church to church, uh, amen, choir to choir, uh, thinking that that's, that's enough. And amen, they, 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 they go out around and tell you how many generations they are as if that makes any difference. I want to let you know God doesn't have grandkids. If you got it, you got it for yourself. If you're saved, it's because you sought out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Hallelujah. we got to be careful. I want to tell you, you're not going to get it from a conference. You're not going to get it because you've been in church X amount of years or X amount of generations. The way you're going to get it is in recognizing that without God's help, there go I. If I don't have him today, I die. If I don't have him tomorrow, I die. If I don't have a prayer meeting, I don't make it. If I don't read my Bible, I don't make it because I don't have any reserves. I don't have... Hallelujah. Church, we've got to be careful that we don't become like the man Jesus talked about that said, well, I've got enough in my barns. I might as well tear down my barn and build a bigger silo because i got enough to retire on. And the Bible says that God showed up and said, you fool, your soul is required of you this night because you thought you had enough stored up where you could retire. Church, I want to let you know, if you came, amen, to Apostolic Revival Center to retire spiritually, I want to let you know you're in the wrong church because we don't have any savings. We don't have any spiritual savings. We don't have any buckets of reserves. We don't have silos around here. Amen, I'll tell you what we do have. Every day you got to sow. Every day you got to reap the harvest. Every day you got to go glean the fields, Ruth. You can't rely upon what you had last week. You can't rely upon what you had five years ago. You got to get up every day, every service. You got to fight for it. You got to pray for it. You got to seek the face of God for it and say, I don't have enough in the bank. I'm spiritually impoverished and I need you, God. Blessed are the reliant saints. Blessed are the prayerful saints. Blessed are the people that say, I can't do it without God. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Let's magnify the Lord. Come on. I didn't come to Carson City to retire. Amen. Spiritually, I came. Amen. To, to get up every day and say, God, I need you. Oh, I need you. God, we need revival. And we can't say we had it. No, we need it today. We need it tomorrow. We need it next week. God, we want to we wanna rely upon you. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's magnify the Lord. Blessed are the reliant. Blessed are those that recognize they need God. Blessed are those that recognize they have, they have a dependency on the Holy Ghost. Blessed are those that they come to God and they realize, I can't do it without God. And then 20 years of living for God later, they still admit, I still can't do it. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray, church. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to have a prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Because I don't have any in reserves. Amen. I'm not talking about being carnal. I'm talking about God I recognize. Amen. That I still have need of you. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, let's, let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. Church, we can't retire. We can't retire. Come on. It's, it's revival or death, church. It's prayer meeting or, or no Christianity at all. It's Bible reading or no Christianity at all. It's, it's all or nothing. It's, it's everything or nothing. It's, come on, somebody, it's church or it's nothing. It's altars, altar calls or it's nothing. It's praying in the Holy Ghost or it's nothing. Come on, I go broke tomorrow without Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Come on, you got to die daily. You got to pray daily. You got to seek God daily. You got to get out there, amen, spiritually speaking, and beg, borrow, and steal. I need you. Oh, I need you. I rely upon God. Oh, come on, let's pray. Come on, let's stand across the building. Let's pray. Musicians, come. Blessed are the reliant. Come on, you came to church tonight because you are saying, God, I need you. I need you. I can't make it one day, not because I'm carnal, because I'm poor in spirit, because I'm relying on you. Not, not because I'm a bad Christian, but because I'm relying on God. I'm not relying on the flesh. I'm not relying on who I thought I was or who I think I am. I'm not relying on my own pride of myself, but I am relying upon Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. I only want to know him, and that's what I came to do. Somebody pray. Blessed are the reliant church. Blessed are the reliant. Come on, do you need him tonight? Come on, do you need him tomorrow morning? Come on, do you need him tomorrow night? Come on, when you got up this morning, did you need him? Or were you good? Did you have it figured out? Come on, did you have to talk with him because you need him because you recognize I don't have enough in the bank to supply my needs? Come on, I'm talking about spiritually speaking. Poor in spirit. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Come on, you know what I've been feeling in the last several months? Come on, people are starting to rely more on Jesus. People are starting to rely more on Jesus. Come on, they have it. And when you do that, you're more blessed. And when you do that, you're actually more spiritual. And when you do that, you're actually a better Christian. And when you do that, you're actually fulfilling the will of God. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Come on, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Possess heaven, possess heaven, possess heaven. I have traveled the country. I have preached in, in every kind of church imaginable. But the one that bothered me the most was the one where everybody had, and understand me, I've already talked about you being blessed physically and all that. And I've seen carnal poor churches too. Please understand me. God's blessing our church. He's favoring our church. But I go to places, they didn't have bills to pay in the physical. Everything was taken care of. If they didn't bring a soul to church, it didn't matter. Because we got 35 generations taken care of. It's already been paid for. The choir would get up and sing on Sunday night. Nobody would pray through. And they'd come up to me after service. And they'd say, Man, great preaching. I sure enjoyed that. And I thought to myself, I'm not, I didn't say this because I didn't want to be rude. I appreciate compliments, but I wanted to ask the question, 
But did it fill you? Not did it entertain you? Because I'm not a performer and I'm not here to entertain you. <laughs> Come on. Did it pay the spiritual bills that you don't realize that you have? Singing in the choir, but in debt, spiritually. Thinking, I'm rich and increased with goods, and in fact, God, I'm good, I don't need anything. You pull for an altar call, and nobody would come, because I'm good. No, I, I prayed two months ago, and I'm still riding that. I went to that conference, and everything's great from the conference. And my spirit was tormented, as I said, God. Would you give this church revival? And the Holy Ghost would speak to me and say, not until they rely on me again. Apostolic Revival Center, you know why we feel what we feel around here? Not because, uh, not because we're just great people, although there's great people here. It's because we, we either have revival as a church or we cease to be a church. We either keep growing or we die. We can't coast. We can't rely on it. Uh, th that's why when I was in the South, understand me, when I was in the South, uh, not just the South, we have good Southern people here, but there's other places as well, Midwest, whatnot. There was places saying, you know, you should come and pastor this church. And in my mind, I thought, not on your life. Love the people. Please understand me. Not trying to be rude. But I thought, there's no way. I'm going to go where everything's just set up, everything's fine, everything's put together, where now they no longer need for God. Now, you can still have a need for God in places like that, but it comes from the heart. Church, we don't realize how blessed we are, amen, to, to, to have a constant reminder, amen, every Wednesday and every Sunday that there's empty chairs, amen. That's not a negative thing. That's a positive thing, amen. That's a reminder, amen, that when you drive down Carson City, amen, you don't even see Baptist churches. You don't even see Methodist churches. You, I walk across the city. I don't even see religion of any kind. I just see casinos. I just see, amen, that reminds me when I go knock the doors, amen, and I go talk to the people, it reminds me we've got to have revival we've got to grow because we can't rest on a bank account or a savings account in the spirit we've got to keep pressing for more blessed are the reliance blessed are the people that understand they need God when you and I must face and we admit our constant need for God and affirm it by our actions by being reliant we are blessed. We are eternally happy. We are divinely raptured. I'm not waiting for the rapture one day. Amen. Where God comes, takes me up out of here. I'm living in the rapture right now. I'm talking about, I'm talking about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. The people that get sour are the people that stop relying on God. The people that get bitter are the people that stop relying on God. Amen. But sometimes God will bring trouble in your life just to remind you that you got to pray. God will let somebody offend you just to remind you you got to forgive. God will bring people. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. If you and I are relying on God, we are blessed because the kingdom of heaven is yours and mine for the taking. If you got a kingdom of your own where you got it all set and all made, you don't need to inherit this kingdom. But if you realize I don't have a pedigree, my earthly father, 
He did not leave anything for me. Amen, spiritually speaking. I need to get a hold of my heavenly father. I need this kingdom. This earth is not my home. I'm just passing through. This earthly kingdom, amen, has not provided anything for me. Amen, has not given me anything. Amen, but God said, if you recognize your need, you don't have to beg, borrow, and steal out here on earth, but you can go to the kingdom of heaven and stand and sit before the king's throne and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I can't make it through the day without you. I rely upon you. Oh, King, avenge me of my enemies. Oh, God, would you help me? Oh, God, would you forgive me? Oh, God, would you work with me? Oh, God, would you bless me? Oh, God, would you give us revival? Oh, God, would you touch my family? I can't do it without you. I can't make it without you. I rely upon the King. And when you live in that state, he says you're blessed. You know why? Because the kingdom is your possession. God says, I got streets of gold, what you need. I got everything, my God, as it was read earlier. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, we have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us, that is kept, that are kept by the power of God. Amen. I want to help us here tonight. Come on. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed when you rely upon God. You're blessed because God supports you. You're blessed because God holds you up. Amen. I want to help you. Come on. Somebody needs to pray right now. Somebody needs to pray right now. Come on. I rely upon God to get up in the morning. I rely upon God to go to bed at night. I rely upon God to go to work. I rely upon God to be a Christian. I rely upon God to be a good spouse. I rely upon God to be a good parent. I rely upon God to go to Walmart. I rely upon God to cook a meal. I rely upon God, and I'm blessed, and the kingdom is my possession. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Are there any people that can say, God, I'm poor in spirit, and I'm looking for a heavenly handout. I'm looking for a blessing from heaven. I need you, God. Amen. Is there anybody that came to church on a Wednesday night that you didn't come with a, with a spiritual bank account full? Amen. You came saying, God, I need you because if you don't supply it, it won't get done. If you don't supply it, I'll die. If you don't do it, amen, it can't be done. Somebody needs a pray. Blessed are the reliant. Blessed are the reliant. Come on, would you fill these altars? Would you flood these altars? Amen. What you're saying is, God, I need you. 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 When you get up tomorrow, I need you. When you go to bed tomorrow, I need you. When you go to work tomorrow, I need you. Amen. When you go to when you go through the city, I need you. When you drive down the road, I need you. And tears begin to flow down your face. You're reminded I rely upon God. You're blessed. Empty me of anything that's not like you. Come on, we're all spiritually poor. Empty me but if we recognize it, we can rely upon God. That's not I can't make it one week without you, one day without you. I can't even walk without you. Hold my hand. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence, 
church, I say pray. You know what you're saying? I need you. When you pray tonight, you're saying, God, I rely on you. I can't do it by myself. There's people possessing the, the kingdom of heaven right now because they are admitting, I need God. They are admitting, I am spiritually impoverished without a touch from God today. But if I get a touch from God today, he blesses me. And then I need another one tomorrow, and he blesses me. And the next week, and he blesses me. Come on, right now, somebody pray, possess heaven. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Take it. Take it. Thank you. 
let's pray all across this house let's pray all across this house 
The kingdom of heaven is in this place right now because people are recognizing Amen, that I am spiritually poor and impoverished, and I need God. I rely upon Jesus. There is a blessing from heaven that is being delved out in this house without measure. Come on, to the degree of your need, you can have it met by Jesus right now to the degree of your need. If you don't need much, you won't get much. But if you, if you recognize I have a severe need in my spirit that I won't make it, I won't survive, I can't do it by myself, I need God, that blessing is coming to you right now. That blessing is coming to the reliant people right now. Oh, Jesus. As you're praying, I want you to pray, but listen to me for a moment. There are people that have not understood the trials of their life. I, I wish I could tell you that life was fair, but it's not. But I find solace when I hear of Paul, the great apostle, writing. And God says, I gave you a thorn in the flesh. Not the devil. God gave it. Because the abundance of revelations. Think about the word abundance. Normally it's a good thing. But God said, I don't want you to get so caught up in the abundance. that you forget you need me? And there are people that you may not understand it. But God is blessing you through that because it's a reminder you have to have God. You can't retire on God right now because you need Him. God, don't ever let me get to a place where I think I don't need you. Rich and increased with goods, physically or spiritually, and in need of nothing. And I hope I've clarified. I'm not talking about being carnal. I'm not talking about being a week-to-week, service-to-service Christian in the sense of you're going to fall apart in your life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your spirit. Every day you wake up, you are reminded that if I don't have God move on me today, I won't become what I'm supposed to become. That if I don't have God's hand working in my life, I feel like I'm going to die. Every day, like a biblical character going to the temple to ask for alms. I wonder what would happen in our church if everybody had that mentality in their spirit every time they go to the altar because they know if I don't do this, I'm not getting bread today. I wonder what would happen if they did, oh God, if I don't go to church tonight, I'm not even, I'm not going to make, I'm not talking about being lost. I'm talking about, oh God, I'm going to starve. Oh, if I don't have a move of God, that spiritual bill will not be satisfied. Those needs will not be met. God has allowed, I'd venture to say, everybody in this church, something just stabbing them right here, that they've come and said, God, just get rid of this. Nope. I don't think it's going to go until we can remind ourselves and not need a reminder from God. I'm poor in spirit, Lord, and I'm relying upon you. I wonder if we lift up our hands one more time and let's pray. Come on. Come on, I can't do the simplest of tasks without the Holy Ghost. Come on, I know the world, they, 
they live life without God, but I'm poor in spirit, and I, I can't do it without God. I know there's people that have marriages, and they don't use God in the mix, but my marriage needs God in the mix to be what he's calling it to be. I know there's people who raise kids without God, but our kids in this church, they're going to they're going to need a household that's filled with the Holy Ghost, God. I, I know there's people that they, they, they're religious, but I can't do it without God. Oh, somebody pray in this house. Rely upon him. Oh, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. And God, even if you remove this thorn from my flesh, I'm still spiritually poor and I still need you. Even if you remove this reminder, and I hope you do, God, I still need you. Somebody pray all across this house. Somebody pray all across this house in Jesus' name. I love you, God. Father, we love you. We thank you today. We give you praise and glory and honor, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. God, we want to be reminded. God, I don't want to have to have something in my life remind me that I need you. I don't need a tragedy or a trial to remind me that I need you. I don't need inconvenience or discomfort to remind me that I need you, God. God, even when I'm blessed and everything's well, Lord, I pray help me to help me to have eyes of clarity to remember that I am blessed when I am relying upon you. I am blessed when I recognize that I am poor in spirit, that I survive only by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, God, we pray, bless your church, and God, bless us and teach us to be relying on you in all things. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said amen. If you want to keep praying, you're welcome to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's not forget Sunday service right back here. It's going to be a wonderful time in the Holy Ghost. Bring somebody with you in Jesus' name. And then also for all of the men, we just meet that are the, the ones that are already signed up, that have already signed up previously, that are going to be riding with us. Would you meet back here for just a couple minutes in this back room in Jesus' name? God bless you.